It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. So throughout this week, we have been unpacking uh, the sermon that I gave on Sunday called The Brilliance of Weakness. And when I started out that message, I introduced it with the premise that none of us are attracted to weakness, but as Christians, we should be, that in a strange way, God's kingdom is upside down to us. Natural man thinking always gets it wrong. But when God takes over our mind and gives us the mind of Christ, we actually look at weakness. We're like, thank you, Lord. (laughs) And it actually, because it is the grounds in which we recognize God's grace his power and his strength in our life. It's revealed in and through weakness. And so we've been sort of going through this whole week in breaking out different pieces of that. And part of this is what we would call providence. So this message is called nicknamed providence. And that's sort of an old fashioned word. You know, if you read old Christian books, you get the word providence. It's not a word we use very often today which is sort of sad because it's a, it's a, it holds within it an idea. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Philip, you're just a great guy for this. So for those of you that are getting this via podcast, Philip Hartman's in the studio with me today. And uh, there's a reason why he's here. You'll, you'll sort of uh, understand that as we progress, because <laughs> this is one of your favorite topics. And we have tons of stories. In fact, before we started, we're like, okay, which stories do we pick? Because we can't yeah. pick them all. Yeah. So we just picked a few really good ones. But why don't you first help us unpack providence biblically? Sure, sure absolutely. So providence is this idea of, of God sort of unfolding history from a bigger perspective. Mm-hmm. But specifically what it means, you know, probably the best picture of it where you even begin to get a definition of it would be Abraham going up to offer up Isaac mm-hmm. on Mount Moriah. So he brings him up on Mount Moriah. And of course, it, it, we know the story. Isaac's on the altar. Abraham lifts up his hand and the angel stops him mm-hmm. and says, don't don't slay Isaac. There's another offering that's been provided. Yeah. And he looks over and there's a, a, a ram there in the thicket. And so the ram in the thicket is is the provision of the lamb. Yeah. And of course, it's this picture of Jesus, the substitutionary yeah. sacrifice, all these beautiful yeah. pictures. But then he names that altar something very specifically, yeah. which is Jehovah Jireh, huh. which is the Lord has seen it mm-hmm. or the Lord will provide. Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea of provision or the Lord seeing beforehand. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the idea of providence. Mm-hmm. The idea of providence is that the Lord has seen something beforehand and he's making active preparation. And I, and I like that word active preparation. Yeah. Because he's not passive in yeah. what he sees. Yeah. He doesn't see something coming and go, yeah. oh, that guy's going to get smashed. Bummer. <laughs> uh, you know, he's going to get in a car wreck. Too bad. But he makes active preparation yeah. to to use it for his glory. Yeah. And and so he's he's providing ahead of time that which is needed. Yeah. And so this idea of God working beforehand. Yeah. And and of course, the picture of the cross is just that. Yeah. It's God working beforehand and and seeing from, from right in the beginning of the scriptures all the way through, mm-hmm. we see this weaving in of providence. God seeing yeah. our need. Yeah. God seeing our, our need for a savior. Yeah. And then yep. providing it. Oh, yeah. A thousand years before the cross, Psalm 22 is written, yeah. which describes it in detail. They're going to part my clothes amongst them. My hands and my feet are pierced. It's like the provision is there. Now, oh, yeah. provision. Yeah. Vision 
beforehand. That's right. And so the seeing what is needed beforehand, that's provision. So you've, you, of course, have it in a macro scale, which is the gospel. Yeah. God saw our need yeah. before I was even born. He provided yeah. the need. Yeah. And and here we are. He's provided everything that we need for life and godliness in yeah. Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then we see provision mm-hmm. in sort of this situational provision as well, mm-hmm. right? You have, of course, the Jews are, are going to be slaughtered, this terrible situation, yeah. and what does God provide? Well, he saw the need before him, yeah. and he's placed Esther there yeah. to intercede on their behalf. Yeah. And, and so you see the, the provision of God yeah. in, in even the story of Esther there. Yeah. And even the statement that Mordecai gets, how do you not know that, it was, that you're not there for such a time yeah. as this? And as a result, we, when you begin to recognize the providence of God, it's awe-inspiring. It really is. But on the micro level, like when you get down to our lives, to recognize that we're not overlooked in this, that God knows that there are needs ahead of time that we can't even see, that Haman is plotting to destroy us in his own conniving way as well as individuals, not just corporately, but individually, that the enemy is laying snares. And God sees these things. And when we trust our life to him, he is able to prepare us and provide in just the perfect way. And of course, most of us, when we think of provision, we think financial for good reason. That is one of the key ways I think that God reveals himself to us is in and through practical supply uh, to meet need, practical need. And Mm -hmm. it is amazing. It truly is. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is run a ministry like Ellerslie and you'll recognize that you start to really chum up with God on this point. It's like, okay, God, (laughs) I really need you. Because a ministry isn't based just upon a good business plan. Of course, we want to be smart in how we put together a ministry. And so we're not, we want to handle our resources well. We want to save or we can save. And yet it's not always based around, okay, we're going to sell a product for this much. Even if we have a product, like we sell tuition, right? If you want to say it that way to our school, well, we give away so much of that because the spirit of God is just like, just let them in. (laughs) And so as a result, we don't have a normal business model, which puts us in a place of dependence, Mm -hmm. which then over the years of Ellerslie, what have we noticed? Uh Uh-oh, God, we're backed up into a corner again. We don't have Mm -hmm. the resource that we need. This has happened time and time and time again, but we've had to stop and say, but God, you know that. You have seen this situation ahead of time. You're the one that led us to give that away. You're the one that led us to do this instead. So we trust that you've led us here and that you have made provision for us. And that he's seen it beforehand and then sets it up just perfectly. And so even though we can't see where the supply is coming from, which is the hardest part for us as humans, it's like, God, if I could just see it. It's like Thomas saying, well, if I can put my finger in in his hands and in his uh, feet and in his side, well, then I'll believe. And Jesus says, blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. We are blessed when we yeah. believe that God has supplied something, even though we haven't yeah. seen the ram in the yeah. thicket yet. And we can go for it with a joy. And that's right. So there's this great story of this this missionary family, and they're in the Andes Mountains, pretty remote part of the Andes Mountains, where you're not likely to run into anybody or or <laughs> see a lot of people. They're on this sort of steep uh, road through yeah. the Andes Mountains, and they're driving up there. Their their vehicle's older. I think it's like 20 years old at uh-huh. the time. And so they start driving through the mountains, and at a certain point, their brakes give out. And so here they are, they're, going, they're actually careening, I believe at the time, downhill. And they finally come to a, a, a halt, and the dad's like, okay, everybody's okay. Praise the Lord. We're, we're okay. We survived that. Well, of course, you're still out of brakes. So you can't make it very far through the Andes Mountains without <laughs> brakes, uh, safely, that is. And so 
the dad's like, okay, let's pray. So they pray and they say, Lord, we, we know you've seen a situation beforehand and we trust you. Yeah. Oh, lead us. What do we do? So the dad's like, well, let's get out and look around and see what we can find <laughs> there in the middle of the Andes Mountains jungle. And what are you going to find yeah. Yeah. for your situation? Well, you here's know, what a stick. Yeah. It's amazing. They, they, they looked on the hill and there's this heap of rubbish down there. Yeah. And there's a car covered of, over with the jungle at this point. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what's this car? Well, it turns out this is the exact same year, make, and model of their car. That's amazing. And so they're like, whoa, God saw. Yeah. And, and God provided. And, and here this car is down here. That, that they, I think they figured out it was about right around. That car was new when it had yeah. crashed down there. Yeah. So it was pretty much 20 years before. Yeah. This car had careened down a hill, yeah. was sitting there. And was ready for them. And so they're, they're praising the Lord and they go down to t- take the brakes off yeah. to replace their brakes. And the brakes are gone. <laughs> They've been removed. And of course, they're like, Lord, you saw. <laughs> we did, you, did you see through a glass dimly? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you provided the same make, model, and year of car. Yeah. What are the chances of that in the Andes Mountains in the same exact spot right where we wrecked? And, and but the with brakes, no brakes are gone. <laughs> And so they're like, okay, well, uh, right around that time, I don't remember if it was one of the sons or who it was, well, they, they were fiddling with the trunk because it had been sort of, I don't know if it's rusted shut or something. And it pops open and they're sitting in the back of his car is a brand new set of brakes for their car <laughs> sitting there. And it's like God set it there 20 years earlier yeah. and preserved it for yeah. them. Yeah. And, and to think about that, that God has seen every situation we're going to face. Yeah, he, yeah. And, you know, what I love about it is it, provision is not just something that he's doing for us, but it's a personal thing. Yeah. I, I sort of envision uh, almost like the Lord on his throne, sort of sitting on the edge of his throne, excited yeah. as we come into, you could say that moment of grace, if you want to yeah. call it that, yeah. the moment of provision. Yeah. And of course, it gets harder and harder, and it's usually, you know, 1159 type thing. <laughs> but but we're walking, and, and, and he's sort of leaning forward as we're coming up on this yeah. moment yeah. Uh, where he wants to provide for us. Yeah. Why? Well, well, it's not just because he wants to provide for us, but he wants to reveal himself. Yeah. He's going, I, I want you to know me. I want you to see me. I want you to see the, the way that I care for you. And, and it, it's as a father, it's as a provider, it's as a protector, it, it's as a, a powerful God who is yeah. able and, and, and is worthy of the glory, and he desires to reveal himself. And here we're coming into the situation, and we have touched such a tendency right at the last moment to come to our own thing. Yeah. And and I just sort of picture him going, oh, man, yeah. I, missed, I wanted to show you who I <laughs> yeah. am. And yet if we would trust the Lord and look into him and, yeah. and rejoice in that, yeah. we would know him better. There's actually a, even a relationship yeah. that that is formed, a connectivity yeah. with the Lord as we see His faithfulness uh, in providing. It's like that 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 crossroads of either going towards Ishmael yeah. or going towards Isaac. Yeah. And Isaac, oh, it's painful dependence. It's it's persevering in your faith and saying, no, but God, you do see this. You are able. Yeah. Whereas Ishmael is like, God, I think you're going to need some help here. I'm going to take this into my own hands. And... Could you give the story of even how our nation is going to start? You know, with the pilgrims, it's incredible to realize that this is, this is uh, so even woven into the the history of this nation that we live in. This idea of God's providence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's this great story. So the Mayflower has finally set out, and of course, originally there were two ships. I don't. What was the name of the other ship? You probably. Mm. I, yeah, I forget what I it was don't called. remember what it was called. But there are two ships, and then yeah. they come back, and they sort of have this back and forth. Finally, the Mayflower's out there, yeah. and they're they're sort of out there in the middle of the Atlantic, 
trying to get over to found this colony yeah. and of course the whole story is is supernatural even up until this point yeah. but here they are they don't have a ton of food it's already sort of a dangerous situation yeah. and there's a pretty bad storm and in that storm you know underneath the the main mast that holds up the the sail you have this beam underneath that holds up the main mast mm-hmm. so this beam goes down the main mast goes down the ship goes down <laughs> this is a pretty important beam and so here they are they're in the middle of a storm and there's this huge crack like thunder and and of course the people are going what's going on <laughs> so they go down there and this beam has cracked uh, which is no. holding up the main mast and and so they're trying to, to actually at one point i think all the guys were like holding it up <laughs> okay this is not going to work and and so they're going okay what do we do and so i i believe it was william brewster who says uh, we need to pray yeah. And and so literally they get down right there and they say, Lord, you've led us here. You you see this situation. Yeah. And so they pray. And in that moment, he remembers that he had a printing press. Yeah. And uh, at least legend has it as Brewster's printing yeah. press. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can prove that. But so so here you have Brent, uh, Bruce, Bruce, Brewster. Brewster. I don't know why I'm uh, forgetting his name. His printing press. And they find it. And it has this big screw in it. That would be what I think lists a printing mechanism. Yeah. And so literally they, they screw this in to hold up this beam and it's like the perfect fit yeah. and God had provided. Yeah. And what are the odds in the middle of the Atlantic that you could come up with a solution for that? Where are you going to find a screw? Oh, we're going to need a screw this yeah. big. <laughs> and yet it was already there. And that's the key point in the story is that God already knew of the need, right. therefore he supplied it. So what is the role of the pilgrims in that situation? It's to trust. It's to say, God, I know the situation looks bleak, sure. I know that we're in the middle of the Atlantic, sure, but you saw this situation. I know we're in the Andes and our brakes went out, mm-hmm. but you've seen this situation. So at Ellers, I remember a time, because you know the logic of how you get money in the bank is, all right, so even if I get a check today, I still have to deposit it, which means the money won't be available till tomorrow. And we had a need where it was down to the last second that we needed the resource. And it was a $30,000 need, which is a pretty sizable amount. Uh, and when you're in the ministry world or the business world, the, the dollars and cents sound a little bigger than they are. That, uh, But uh, so someone that just runs a personal household, it's like 30,000. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot, but uh, it, we had a pretty sizable need and it was, we needed it that day. And so I had been the day before, it's like, God, this is the final day, you know, because I need that check. So I'm checking the mailbox and nothing mm-hmm. comes in. And it's sort of like I'm struggling saying, God, I, I trust you. But now it's the day of. Mm-hmm. And even if I get a check in the mail, now I still need to deposit it. It's like, oh, God, how in the world is this going to work? There's a guy that drives, drives up from Denver and hands us $30,000 cash. <laughs> I mean, one of the, it was the most obscure uh, solution. I mean, I never, it wasn't even in my brain that it would work that way. And yet God had supplied. I remember this other time uh, we were in a situation where we we're about $10,000 short. In fact, almost exactly $10,000 short. And we sort of have a, this has happened so many times at Ellerslie, where we don't have the resource, but God always supplies. Mm-hmm. Never has he not supplied. So this particular time it was $10,000 and I, I was joking with Sandy uh, and I said, Sandy, well, why don't you go check the uh, mailbox and find our 10000 uh, for us? And uh, so she jokes back, you know, it's like, I'll do that. Yeah. And so she came back and all we had in the mailbox was like a $261 bill. That was like, <laughs> all we had was more expense. And so we laughed about that. Well, God, God will supply. We've seen him do this so many times. We know he sees our need and he will supply. 
And I still remember the next day I was teaching in the afternoon, which is a rare thing. And so it was at the time that the mail came in and Sandy came in to the back of the, I don't know why this stands out more than any other story, but uh, she's standing in the back with tears in her eyes, holding a little sheet of paper. It was a check. I didn't know what it was. I was like, Sandy, do you need something? And she's just sort of looking at me like, you don't know what I'm standing here for (laughs) with tears in her eyes. And uh, you know, it's, it's so profound. I go, is, is that what we needed? So all the students are in there. I didn't say, is is that the exact, I actually, I think I said, is that the exact amount? She nods without saying a word. Hmm. And then of course, I think I started crying too, because it's, it's so profound. Just like you're saying, God's leaning on the edge of his seat, looking down. He knows that that check is coming. Mm-hmm. We can't see it. We have to trust that that ram yeah. is going to find its way up the other side of that hill in Moriah yeah. and get its horns caught at just the right time and then go yeah. <laughs> at just the right <laughs> moment before Abraham is is ready for it. God is prepping both sides. Yeah, He's right. prepping our hearts, our circumstances, so that we are ready to stand in awe of yeah. his ability to do what God does. So there's this classic story, of course, it's George Mueller, who mm-hmm. used, I mean, George Mueller had chronicled 50,000 answers to prayer yeah, in his journals. Yeah. Uh, 50,000 prayer, answer to prayer. Yeah. And, uh, but there's this one time, and it's sort of a classic story of, of provision, that the, the orphans don't have food. Mm-hmm. So they've used up all their food the night before, the food's gone in the morning, they have no food. And so the, the kitchen staff come to George Mueller and they're going, what do we do? We don't have any food. He says, bring children in. And there's still no food. He says, set the table. And he says, let's pray. And they begin to pray for their meal. Of course, the children are going to the meal. <laughs> and they have his knock on the door. And I don't remember if it was, a, I, I think it happened a couple of times, like a bread yeah. truck or a yeah. cheese truck. Or, yeah. but, but the point is, like you said, God sees yeah. that truck coming. Yeah. And yet George Mueller's job is to set the table. Yeah. That yeah. our job is to pre- prepare ourselves yeah. in, in faith and confidence mm-hmm. that our God has seen our need. Mm-hmm. He will provide. He is going to come through. And whether it's the bread truck, the dairy truck, the uh, the whatever truck uh, that is needed, because every single one of us has built-in need. If we walk God's way, he will actually create need for us uh, mm-hmm. on purpose, because this dimension, we don't want this. The American version of Christianity doesn't actually want to be dependent mm-hmm. upon God. We don't want to pray things like, God, give me this day my daily bread. Boy, that is yeah. not what we want. God, g- could you give me enough bread for the next five years? Uh, that's more yeah. of our <laughs> prayer. And yet there is something so precious when we get down to the no bread state. And God is going to say, Eric, Philip, set the table. Yeah, You do yeah. trust me, don't you? We do. I do trust you, Lord. Boy, my human side is wriggling. I don't yeah. want to be dependent. But wow, the benefit spiritually in being dependent. And so say, once you speak to our audience, we'll close with this. Just what should they do with those, that dependency, that weakness that they feel, those circumstances that are low? Give them a charge to their spiritual life to finish sure. as yeah. we finish out the whole week on, you know, yeah. meditating upon this weakness and the beauty of it. Give them sort of a final charge. Yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, let's believe. Let's believe our God. We look into him. And part of believing is thanksgiving, that we give thanks for the food even before we've seen it. Anyway. And so I guess that's what I'd probably challenge people with is to say, let's thank our God for his provision, even if we haven't seen it yet. And of course, we've talked, you have financial and, and practical provision. But but maybe it's an area of of sin in your life that you need to deal with. And of course, 
That's what reckoning is. I, I haven't felt the victory yet, yeah. but Lord, you say that you've given me victory in Christ yeah. through yeah. the cross. Yeah. I believe, I believe yeah. you. Amen. I'm dead to sin, and so I thank you for that, and I'm going to walk forward in victory. And and He supplies the grace as we obey. And so let's let's respond with faith. Let's respond with thanksgiving. Let's respond with obedience, trusting that our God has seen our need ahead of time. He'll make provision for the impossible to take place in our lives. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.